Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the grip and imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. 
and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive and more, including top news, books, and our montage archive, all at thesecretteachings.info. The network website is thefringe.fm, and you can listen, remember, on TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and the Fringe FM app, the new app that just came out. You can also leave little voice messages through that app. That'll come into the network. It's the Fringe FM, the Fringe.FM, the Fringe FM application. You can find the secret teachings right here on the Fringe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, five nights a week right after Lighting the Void. If you missed any of our shows this week, they are in the archive. Two of those shows are in the free archive, even if you're not a subscriber. The Mystery Scam Theater Part 2, Mystery Scam Theater Part 3 with Mike D., and then last night's show with Melissa Martell and Kev Baker, special guest popped on at the end, Kev Baker, with Melissa, called Deprogramming Cults. That aired last night. If you missed that show, that is in the archive. If you notice that those three shows are very similar, we talked a lot about cults this week. We talked a lot about the frauds and the manipulation, the deception, the lying, and the ripping off cults. All these different words are applicable of the so-called New Age community, UFOs, and whatever it is that paranormal investigation has become. I'm not exactly sure what to call it. So we covered all of that this week, and we tried to look at it from as an objective of, of, a, of a standpoint as is possible. And as we've been focusing on that, going back to last week, we did a show on time travel and Nikola Tesla, and we looked at those FBI records that have been circulating the internet about how Tesla's from Venus. And if you look at the FBI records, they say nothing about that. They're just reports that other people were writing at the time, and they had nothing to do with the actual Federal Bureau of Investigation here in the U.S., and we went back to uh, Tuesday's show last week. And on Tuesday's show last week, we talked about the birth of the United Nations. This is the 75th anniversary of the UN. Technically, at the end of October, but around this time, it's about the 75th anniversary of the United Nations. Going back to last Monday. And last Monday, we had a discussion on the subject of plastic and paper bags. Now, that might seem like such a very boring subject. How can you do a whole hour, how can you do two hours on plastic and paper bags? Well, it's kind of like that movie Talk Radio. And one time I did a whole show on toilet paper, over or under. I bet we could do that show. But we did a show on plastic or paper. I called it begging, begging for perspective or begging for the truth or begging for some kind of unbiased, objective overview of that common question that you hear at the grocery store. The question plastic or paper or paper or plastic is about as iconic as the things you buy at the grocery store, whether that's milk or eggs or bread. But now in the United States and other countries, especially here in New York State, 
we have plastic bag bans. There are bans on the usage, the distribution, the creating of these bags because they're supposedly harmful for the environment because they don't break down as easily, at least idealistically, as easily as a paper bag does. So now they've added these chemicals to plastic bags to try and make them a little bit more biodegradable. Now, while a lot of people turn that subject matter into a a question of politics or philosophy or some other virtuous argument, look at me, I have a cloth bag, I'm saving the environment. Okay, let's look at that a little deeper. And we did do that on last Monday's show, but very quickly, I want to recap that. Although plastic bags are a major source of pollution and a major source of litter in general, and they do contribute to uh, disruption of the ecosystem, etc., Paper bags, which do in fact biodegrade quicker, provide not less but more danger to the environment. Sounds just bizarre because we always thought, no, plastic's worse. But actually, paper weighs more. It costs more in resources and fuel to manufacture and ship. So it costs more in the power that goes into generating it, extracting the resources, It's detrimental to the environment. And plastic bags are reusable, as where paper bags are usually not reusable more than once, because if they get wet or they rip, that's the end of it. And the cheaper they manufacture them, the easier they rip, where the handles rip off of them. They fill up landfills quicker. They're about 10 times heavier than uh, plastic bags. And they take more energy to produce. So if you just magically manifested with a fairy, just the fairy just gave you a pile of paper bags and there's no resources that go into them, like, yeah, okay, maybe it's better for the environment, but if you're manufacturing them, they're not. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this up tonight is because when we talked about this on last Monday's show, it was on on the contrary of this idea that paper bags are better for the environment. Plastic bag manufacturing is more friendly to the environment. It allows for more reuse. It helps to preserve food. The plastic bags outperform paper. They produce less waste. You have to look at this from a a global perspective. Most of the plastic pollution on planet Earth comes from just 10 rivers, mostly in Africa and Asia. So even if the rest of the world cleaned up, most of the plastic is still going to come out of Africa, Asia, and I think India is probably three or four on that list, demonstrating that it's really irrelevant what you choose to do because these countries are, are so terrible that I'm not saying, you know, you don't recycle or you don't, you don't take care of, you know, the environment, but it, it has minuscule effect when you compare it to these other countries. Now, the replacing of plastic with paper, it seems like this green progressive idea, but it once more demonstrates the symbolic nature of the gesture. And the same is also true in California. They just banned the sale of gasoline-powered cars by 2035. Sounds like a great idea. Okay, fine. But... They want to replace them with electric cars and the batteries with the electric cars. And so what do you have to do there? Well, you have to charge the batteries, and that takes energy and resources. And the resources and energy that goes into extraction and production and distribution of those batteries is far more harmful to the environment than if you would just burn gasoline. Now, maybe we can come up with alternatives to all this. Fine. I don't work for the gas industry, the oil industry, or the plastic industry. I'm just simply saying... Plastic is better than paper. Gas is better than electric. These ideas that they're greener or progressive, it just, it's just that. They're ideas. It's a perception that's not true. It's, it's inaccurate. It's false. I mean, the same is even kind of true for soy production. Uh, soy 
production has devastated forests and wreaked havoc on the environment from increased chemical usage, among other things, because of genetically engineered soy. So if you put all that into context and into perspective, gasoline-powered cars are better, meat is better, and plastic is better. That seems completely contrary to everything you've been told, but the idea is if you oppose something that looks like it's a problem, then the opposition must be a solution, and that's just not true, especially when the opposition has a lot of money behind it, and the opposition is attempting to just make money by signaling that they care about the environment and that there are alternate sources of things that we can use to package up our bags or things that we can use to drive around or things that we can use to replace meat. And there are a lot of other options. Uh, I think it really boils down to you as an individual. Boils down to you as an individual. So the reason I bring all that up is because it's very similar with coronavirus or any kind of virus or any kind of disease or any kind of illness. And that's really what I want to talk about tonight. I've got my good friend Jack from the Messenger of Information with me. He has not been on the show for a while. He's been a little bit busy, but we got Jack back on the show tonight. I'll bring him in in just one second. I was reading this article, though, from the Organic Consumers Association, and they are talking about in this report, linking to the CDC, that 94% of COVID deaths are people with pre-existing conditions like diabetes, obesity, heart disease, lung disease, kidney disease, dementia, hypertension, high blood pressure, and so on and so forth. And they say that these health conditions are the real pandemic, the real plague, which is what I've been saying for months now. And they're caused by a nonstop consumption of addictive junk foods that make up about 60% or more of the calories in the typical American diet. They say that calorie and chemical-laden products like this destroy our health, our gut microbiomes, and our immune systems, leaving us as individuals vulnerable to diseases if diseases were to be caused by little microorganisms. We kind of forget about microorganisms and micronutrients. We just are more so micronutrients, but we kind of forget about microorganisms. We just think disease is this thing that just happens. And then when you look at it, they're like, no, it, it happens because of a virus or a bacterium. And we forget about the micronutrients that even if viruses or bacteria did cause disease, the micronutrients would help us to not get sick. That means taking responsibility for our health. And the same thing with, you know, you use plastic, paper bags, whatever, responsibility. Because there's a report out now, a special report from Reuters, that plastic is now a pandemic. COVID-19 trashed the recycling dream. So you have a lot of environmentalists that want you to use paper instead of plastic, but now those same environmentalists are concerned about the environment and COVID-19 and climate change, and now they want more plastic produced to protect them from the virus. This just seems like total insanity. I don't know, Jack, what do you think about all of this? It's beyond insanity, and I got to tell you, Ryan, I haven't been on for quite some time, and I was beginning to wonder if I'd been banned from the secret teachings for not wearing my mask Um <laughs> while I'm talking on the microphone and, uh, you know, maybe I should step six feet back from the microphone so that I'm social conditioning from the microphone to make sure that you are not going to be susceptible to getting COVID or any of the listeners, you know, because COVID does travel through the airwaves uh, of radio and through the Internet, uh, through Wi-Fi. Did you know that? I did know that, in fact, they specifically identify that it travels through RE20 mics and Blue Yetis. And I have a Blue Yeti, so... Oh, so you have the Blue Yeti, so you know I, that that's susceptible. 
Yes. So what happens if I just... If I go over here and talk, is this six feet enough? Is this enough? Uh, I, I feel much safer, actually, now that you've done that. So okay. we should continue right. the show in this fashion. All right. Well, how you doing, Jack? I'm doing just fine, Ryan. That sounds like five feet. I'm going to need you to take another step back. How's this sound? Is this any better? That's a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. All right, I feel safer now. I feel much safer now. <laughs> did you did you know that about plastic bags and paper bags? I, I had never uh, researched or studied paper bags or plastic bags. I did know that uh, George Carlin uh, made reference to maybe the meaning of life is plastic. So that's the only knowledge I had about plastic. I will just comment, and I, I'm sure you've already talked about this when you did the, the show at length, but the one thing about paper, too, is it kills my beloved trees. When they do the paper bags, they're cutting down trees, so that's not a good thing either. Where are the environmentalists on that? They're concerned yeah. about the environment. They don't like plastic, but then they're okay ripping down a forest to plant soy and to make paper bags that'll just rip and go into a landfill. Where, where are these environmentalists They're at? Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen is right. Maybe they're scared about getting COVID, so they've stayed inside and they haven't gone out and demonstrated or protested. And I, I find this really interesting. I, I did the show last Monday, and then I read this article, this special report from Reuters, and it's saying that because of face shields, you know, the plastic face shields, gloves, food containers, bubble wrap for online shopping, like the usage of plastic has skyrocketed. Now, the art, the articles that I've gone through in the show that I did was about how plastic bags are, are better for the environment in terms of energy and waste and things like this than paper. It doesn't mean that you should be throwing everything that you have away into a landfill. You, you probably should be reusing it because that's the logical thing to do. It doesn't mean that now that they're using more plastic that this is a good thing. Uh, this is a ridiculous, insane problem, if it is a problem, that there's too much plastic as a result of COVID-19 because none of this stuff has any effect on whether people are going to get sick. You have face shields. They're completely useless. You have gloves, which unless you change them every time you use them, they, 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 they're dirtier than if you just used your hands. I mean, these, this is stuff that we all know. But look, in order to provide the perception socially that we care, we're literally wasting resources to prevent a disease that doesn't kill anybody. And the people that are dying are dying because they're buying a bunch of stuff in plastic containers and paper boxes and eating junk food, and that's why they're getting sick. This just seems like the most inverted, upside-down realm that you could possibly imagine in the most wildest like comic book setting. It is insane. Beyond as I say, there's no words to describe it. By the way, is plexiglass considered to be plastic? Let's see what plexiglass is made out of. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, because if it is, you'd have to add that to the list of much manufacturing of plexiglass these days. I would guess. Installation. Yeah, they put them up at all of the grocery stores. I would imagine that it's some kind of, probably some kind of petroleum-like thing. Let's see, plexiglass. I don't know the answer to this. Plexiglass is, pull this up, what's it made of? Plexiglass, acrylic, the transparent petro, petroleum-based thermoplastic, so yeah, it's petroleum-based. 
which which is an interesting thing. I learned that about plastic bags a lot. According to this Reuters report, Jack, it says the plastic bags begin their life exclusively as fossil fuel, like it's just strictly oil. But a lot of plastic bags are not actually manufactured from oil. They're manufactured from the byproduct of natural gas production. In other words, when they produce natural gas, in order to make it more efficient, when they burn burn parts of it off, I guess, this is how it works, the remnants that otherwise would just be total pollution, they use those to make the plastic bags. So making plastic bags is actually more efficient than making paper or cotton bags. I, I found that really incredible, and it's not like... Uh, go ahead. The, te- the technology and ingenuity is all there to have us live in a clean, safe world. Even with it's plastic. Like, uh, the German company, I think it's Germany, they take the uh, the garbage, and, and it, it goes into this big machine, and they, and they, they can actually build... It makes like... Um, kind of like uh, plywood, and they can actually build homes with it. It's all safe and everything. Have you ever seen that big machine they use? I haven't seen the machine, but I've read those stories. So it takes the trash and it turns it into some kind of like two-by-four-like structure. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, uh, have you done any study on recycling? Because I remember along the way seeing several bits of information that basically concluded that the whole recycling campaign is is a, is a fraud and that none of those plastics actually get recycled and they actually showed i believe it was in India just this huge landfill where they just basically would ship the stuff there and just dump it have you ever heard of anything along those lines I have. I think I actually watched like a documentary or something in high school. And, and for some reason, I think it was Penn and Teller were doing the documentary. But it was on recycling or they had like a show or something. Penn and Teller did. And they were doing a show and talking about how plastic and whatnot recycling was useless. It was more expensive. It was more costly overall to the environment. So I remember reading, reading that and seeing that in high school. But I just saw that in the Reuters report that I mentioned, the article from Reuters says... Recycled plastic is about 83 to 93%. I'm not sure how they get that number, but 83 to 93% more expensive than just creating new plastic containers, according to a market analysis at the Independent Commodity Intelligence Services, ICIS. So it's, it's almost 83 to 90, almost 100% more expensive than if they just created new plastic. So yeah, in that case, what you're saying, plastic recycling is far more expensive and detrimental to the environment than just making new plastic. Well, and it's a scam, potentially. I really haven't seen anything about that recently, and I haven't gone back and and revisited it, but uh, it's always in the back of my mind there, much like the big um, windmill power sources um, that you see, uh, you know, in mountainous areas, in different parts of the country, supposedly that doesn't even generate really any electricity that's worthwhile. There's a whole other so, show we could probably do. We did yeah. a little research on that. Yeah, it seems like all the green programs are like that, whether it's electric cars. Uh, there was a report that came out of Germany from the IFO or IFO Institute in Munich, and it found that electric vehicles contribute 11 to 28 percent, depending on, I guess, the type of vehicle more carbon dioxide than a diesel vehicle. I thought that was incredible. 
<laughs> well, maybe the only upside to the electric cars is they don't smell as bad as diesel fuel does because there's right. not much anything <laughs> more disgusting than diesel fuel fumes. Yeah, it smells horrific. I hate when you're driving on the road, yeah. you get that, that semi-truck. Yeah. And the, right, and the black smoke. And when that happens, you know, it could even be a, a pickup truck. A lot of them are diesel now, and you get one of those babies in front of you, and I, I have to either turn off the... Uh, air conditioning or heat uh and just or put it on recycle so it just recycles within the car because that'll that'll wipe you out when you're breathing that stuff in well that's a great point too because when you see that black smoke coming out and that you could smell that you think well this is really polluting and and it is to a degree but if you replace that with an electric car you have to have the resources for that electric car extracted which are far more devastating than extracting even fossil fuels for gas because you have to have the battery when you have to charge it, you're using electricity. Something is burning. You're still using something to charge that car. Right. <laughs> so it, it might not smell as bad, but it's not great for the environment. And in fact, right. the University of Michigan uh, backed up that German study in 2017. They found that the amount of carbon dioxide emitted by electric cars varied uh, widely by different countries because countries have different standards. But that on average, on average, the study found that an electric car, an electric car, get this, that is powered by a coal-fired power plant produces as much carbon dioxide as a gasoline-powered car that gets 29 miles a gallon. In other words, you might as well just bring your gasoline car to the store with your plastic bags, and it's literally more environmentally friendly. According to the science, major universities, major institutes better for the environment than if you just replaced the plastic with paper and went with an electric car. That's incredible, Jack. Yeah, I'd like the old uh, 1970s invention where the guy invented an engine that could run on water. I think it would get like 200 miles to the gallon of water. That, that one seemed like a good solution to me, but and, of course it's been squashed. And maybe that's what we should be looking for. Rather than arguing about plastic and paper, electric and gas, there has to be another option. If you're opposed to plastic and you're opposed to electric or gas cars, you want electric cars, you think, well, the opposition must be better. Well, sometimes the opposition is just a scam. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Jack, my good friend and co-host, is with us this evening. There'll be more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. How do you think you would react if you knew the truth? The Fringe FM. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. What do you think would happen if you bring the Fringe FM together with leading voices in the paranormal and unexplained? 
What if no topic were off limits from cryptids to conspiracies to astrology, psychic abilities, and even ufology? And what would happen if you broadcast this event in crystal clear video, streaming live around the world and allowing viewers like you to interact with their favorite presenters? Then you would have created the monster that is the Fringe Fest 2020. Two nights only, Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. For more information and to get your tickets, visit thefringefest.com. That's thefringefest.com. Trick or truth, the only thing scarier is not being there. That's Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. Get your tickets now before they sell out at thefringefest.com. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. May I have the password, please? The Fringe FM. That's right, sir. That is the password.
You're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. I've got my good friend and co-host with me this evening, Jack. Jack and I were talking about electric cars, gasoline cars, which one's better for the environment. Maybe there's another option besides gas and electric because it looks like electric cars emit as much pollution as their gas counterparts and the resource extraction is far more devastating to the environment than even the extracting of fossil fuels which you'll also have to have that in order to charge those electric cars so it creates a double problem but as long as you don't see right jack as long as you don't see that black smoke coming out of the truck when you drive down the road or smell that diesel gas it must be better right must be better for everybody must be but i think there is an option uh, that a lot of people are forgetting about. It's been around, uh, I think, since the 60s, and that's the Fred Flintstone mobile. Yes. So, <laughs> Do you have one of those? I, I do. You know, actually, um, they do make something similar to that, I think, for kids, don't they? Are you serious? Yeah, I think there's something similar to that. Uh, you know, not not like a big wheel, but something that's shaped more like the Flintstone mobile and, and the kids just kind of use their feet to uh, beat the pavement and get where they need to go. Well, and uh, by the go. way, as far as diesel fuel is concerned, the main reason I'm afraid of diesel fuel is because if I inhale that, I've already burned a lot of brain cells already and I really can't afford to lose any more. So you, you want the electric car because you're concerned about your brain cells, huh? Well, we don't know what what uh, what that may be putting off and uh, how it may affect uh, what little brain power I have left. <laughs> hey, I, so, I think you I we'll, think you've got some powerful brain power, Jack. We'll, we'll wait for the late the next study um, on electric cars. See how that affects the human body. Well, here's an interesting study. I talked about this on Monday last week, and I wanted to bring it up to you as an example of how we think that opposition. And we're going to go further into this, into COVID-19 and how that relates with vaccines and with medical uh, treatments per se and all this. But you think, well, gasoline-powered cars have to be worse, so let's solve that problem. Look, we solved the problem with electric cars. Well, no, 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 no. They're worse, if not just as bad for the environment, so there has to be another option. Same thing with plastic or paper. Plastic is better for the environment. It costs less to manufacture, it costs less in resources, it takes up less space, and they've even created a lot of plastic now which biodegrades quicker, which has chemicals, but at least it's better than the paper bags. But you think, well, plastic is worse, so paper has to be better. So you get your paper, you get in your electric car, and you go down to you know a, a cooperative market and you think you're saving the planet, you're actually making things a lot worse just because you don't see the black smoke and just because you have uh, you know your paper bags and think, well, this isn't plastic, so this isn't going to hurt the fish doesn't mean that it's doing anything of, uh, of a good nature to the environment. In fact, it's actually harming the environment more because of the production of these things, even cloth bags. Um, I read this thing, Jack, it said about, it's, it's a big, these are big reports too from universities from different countries. One of them said something like, you'd have to reuse a cloth bag up to 300 times for it to be as environmentally effective as a single-use plastic bag because of the amount of energy that goes into producing the cotton to make the bag just from that alone it's worse than a plastic bag it's just it's an unbelievable thing but if you just have bags laying around your house grab a bag and go to the store you don't have to buy something new anyway though the report that i'm i'm, t I'm thinking about here 
I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. Have I ever talked to you, Jack, about the Cornell University, University of Michigan report about people who are concerned and people who are not concerned with environmental issues and who is more likely to take personal responsibility? Have we ever discussed that before? No. Okay, let me just read you this. It's very quick. Journal Environmental Psychology, researchers from Cornell and the University of Michigan, all they did was they took 600 or so people, they broke them up into different groups. People who were very highly concerned about climate change and environmental issues, people that were cautiously worried, and people that were skeptical. So that's the spectrum. Very worried or skeptical of climate change as rhetoric. And here's what they found in the study. People who were really concerned were the most supportive, this is a quote, most supportive of government climate policies, but least likely to report individual level actions. Whereas the skeptical group, the people that opposed government policy, the skeptical group opposed policy solutions, but were more likely, they were the most likely, to report engaging in individual pro-environmental behaviors. In other words, the people that did not want government control were the most likely to do things that were actually good for the environment to begin with, taking public transportation, reusing items, you know, green products, if those things matter. People that were really concerned with climate change, though, didn't want to do any of that. They just wanted the government to do it for them. I don't really think that's surprising. Pardon me? I said that's not really surprising to me. What do you think? I wouldn't say that's surprising at all, actually. It's not overly surprising. It seems to be par for the course. Yeah, yeah, I would say that, too. Uh Uh-huh. Well, so the, listen, the reason I bring this up is because you, you and I were talking about this the other day. You have a group of people in the United States and large amounts of people around the world who don't wear masks for different reasons, right? And the people that aren't wearing masks, there's probably a small handful of them who are not wearing the mask because they have, uh, they have a legitimate medical reason, whatever that might be, from anxiety to whatever, and but they might still be scared of the virus, okay? So maybe they still go get tested or something. But the majority of people not wearing masks are generally not worried. So those people generally are not getting tested. So the people that are getting tested are the people that are worried and they're wearing the masks. At least this is, this is my, my theory and my hypothesis. So that would mean if the people getting tested who wear the masks and the numbers are going up as a result of those tests then clearly the masks and all the procedures people do to keep themselves healthy are not working, and it's not because of people not wearing masks. Do you you see what I mean? It seems Mm -hmm. something's missing here. Well, of course. The whole thing is nonsensical. The whole thing. Because if the virus is that deadly, then you'd have to wear that mask if the mask were effective, which they're not. 24-7. 24-7. I actually pointed that out to a woman in a grocery store who asked me if I had forgotten my mask. And I told her, no, I purposely am not wearing a mask. I said, uh, do you think wearing that mask does you some good? And she says, absolutely. And I said, well, good. I hope you wear it 24 hours a day, seven days a week so that you can protect yourself. And you'll have to wear it while you're sleeping as well. What she said, I, 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 I will. Just, she didn't say anything. I walked right. away. Um, well, sh- so, shouldn't those people that aren't wearing the mask then, they're the ones that are not being tested, how can they be responsible for people wearing masks getting sick? 
This confuses me. You just confused me. Say that again. So if I'm wearing a mask and I'm really concerned, the people that are concerned and wearing masks are the people that are getting tested and they're turning up positive. The people that are not right. wearing masks and they're not okay. wearing masks are not getting tested. Right. So how right. are the numbers going up because of people not wearing right. masks? Right. The people that are wearing the mask who think they're protecting themselves are the ones which, of course, the, the test in, it, in and of itself is, is completely bogus. So it's kind of irrelevant, but not in their minds. So, yeah, they can't pe- put two and two together. People really don't have the ability to use common sense or reason or um, apparently a they're not capable of observation either. It's it's quite astonishing. It's just like this study from Cornell in Michigan. Study says that people that are concerned with the environmental issues of climate change are the least likely to do anything to stop it. They want government policy and government control. The people that are not concerned are more likely to do things that are environmentally protective and resourceful and even progressive, if you want to use that word in a non-political sense, but they don't want government control. It's very similar to masks and health. I'm not wearing a mask, but I'll take care of my own health. And if you're wearing a mask, you should be protected, but you want the government to take control of your health for you. You want everybody force vaccinated. You want everybody to take the medication or whatever they're going to release to stop COVID. Everybody has to social distance. It's no different than the climate issue. People that want to have government control, don't want to do anything to protect themselves, and the people that don't want government control already do things to protect themselves. They're self-reliant and self-efficient to begin with. I just see a parallel there, Jack. Well, here's the thing. not People that don't wear masks, like you and me and many others, it's really not about that. It's really that we're complete um, inconsiderate uh uh, self-absorbed, uncaring people that don't care enough to try to protect others because we're inconvenienced by the mask. Don't ever forget that. Right. You know what? You're I'll- a jerk because you're potentially going to get me sick and other people sick because you don't want to wear a mask. I had actually pulled up a, uh, I was listening to Ron Paul's Liberty Report earlier today, and I pulled this up just to have it in queue, and he was saying something to that effect. I want to play that real quick. It's like a minute and a half or so. Is that okay with you? Sure. I just was listening to something from him uh, about a week or two ago as well. All right. Let's see what Ron Paul had to say. He's talking about what you're talking about, Jack. Ironically, just 30 years after the science of Marxism and Leninism imploded for all the world to see We are witnessing a resurgence here in the United States of the idea that to question the science is not to seek truth or refine understanding of what appears to be conflicting evidence. No, it is to actually wish harm on one's fellow Americans. And while we who question the science are not being physically carried off to the gulags for disputing the wisdom of our betters in the CDC or the World Health Organization, for example, we are finding that the outcome is the same. So basically what Dr. Paul is saying here, Jack, is he's saying that you have people that otherwise would be questioning whatever the science is, and this would be part of the scientific process to figure out what is actually accurate and to reproduce studies and things like this to figure out what's what's true or what's more true, what's more accurate. But instead of that, just like you said, when you question the 
quote-unquote science, you're seen as a heretic and someone who is trying to hurt other people. You're seen as malicious for simply questioning what an authority figure tells you. And that's, that's, this is where this is going, where in California, I know, I know it sounds like a good idea, like, hey, gas is bad for the environment, electric cars are worse, but they're banning gasoline-powered cars by 2035. Facebook is completely banning QAnon off of Facebook. You can have anything about QAnon. And guess what? I don't really like cars, first of all. I don't really like QAnon, but I don't think that these things should be banned. We're moving into a very, very authoritarian, a very scary state of existence and a very a scary, very disturbing um, state of uh, affairs, Jack. Ban everything. Don't question authority. This is like total authoritarian control. And it's yeah, just inc- I, incrementally taking effect. I think it's rapidly taking effect. Uh, I like the word totalitarianism. Uh, that's my favorite description, more so than fascism or some of the other words that are thrown around, because that's really the way I look at it. But uh, people are unaware. They they don't they don't connect the dots. Um, unfortunately, did you see that Mississippi is now the first state to lift the mask mandate? you hear about that? I did. I did not. I, I knew that uh, Florida seemed to be kind of progressive with their approach, but I, I was not uh, did not hear about that. What state was that? Mississippi? Mississippi's the first state huh. to, to lift the mask mandate. But yes, Florida, I was going to mention Florida, their governor, I guess, is very upset and just said, we're going to open up everything. Go back to work. Go have fun. This is not an issue. No more masks, no more social distancing, like everything. This is what I heard. I don't, I don't know. This is what I've well, heard. Uh, I heard that, um, that the governor was also very uh, aggressive with um, violent protesters, too, and taking a stand on uh, Flor- you know, in Florida or, or, or uh, uh, provocateurs and whatnot coming in and uh, destroying things and causing damage and and violence and stuff uh, kind of a zero tolerance policy and uh, has actually written specific penalties for specific actions uh, and actually said that uh, if someone is caught to uh, arrested for that type of behavior and they're found to be from out of state then the penalties will be like doubled this is in Florida yes now that's Secondhand, but I actually heard it from my dad, and he got it off of mainstream news, probably Fox would be my guess. So take that for what it's worth. But that that sounds like it might be accurate. And uh, I think the main reason that the governor took action was because he was upset that uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, or as I've called it this season, the Empty Cup. And no one was able to enjoy it and go to the games to witness it. I'd, if it would have been a regular hockey season, maybe they wouldn't have gone to the finals. But if it was a regular hockey season, I'd have flown down there and gone to the game. I'm upset myself. I didn't get to go to a hockey game this year. I'm very upset, Jack, because, you know, as a lot of people, that dominates my life and my emotions yeah. revolve around yes. whether or not the Lightning win. Right, and you're a face painter too, so, you yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's part of your persona that, that uh, there's a void there now. So. I'm just like uh, David Putty in Seinfeld. Yes. Devils! <laughs> you know, I had to mention that because uh, you are a, a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and we haven't talked about that on the air for a while. So uh, it was the empty cup, but they still won it, and I still think they're the best team in the NHL. And so I'm happy for them. 
and happy for you, but it was kind of uh, like kissing your sister, right? Uh, I've never done that of you. <laughs> Not very often. Not very often. Well, no. I mean, it would that would that would be a major that would be um, an ancestral violation right. of health guidelines. Right. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm not a politician. I'm not Joe Biden. So um, I haven't stuck my tongue down my sister's throat recently. You haven't sniffed her? <laughs> haven't sniffed her, touched a little bit. Yeah, kids. we better change the subject here real quick. Well, here's a, here's a couple of other, other things real quick. Uh, Newsweek and, well, no, I don't know if it was, actually it was New York Post. This is all from memory. New York Post reported, um, and I looked it up, I double-checked it because the New York Post is like, eh. Most of these sources are eh for information accuracy, but the New York Post was reporting that um, a Texas grand jury has now indicted at least the director, like the producer-director of the Cuties movie on Netflix. They're doing an invest. They've indicted them. They're doing an investigation into it. So I thought that was interesting. But I also saw um, Mississippi gets rid of the mask mandate. Florida, as you're talking about, opens up, but California. And this sounds like a joke. Like, this sounds like an Onion article. This doesn't sound like it would be true. California is asking, well, they're not really asking, but they're telling them. But they're asking residents, the governor's office is asking residents to do something special with their masks. Do you know what this is, Jack? Have you heard what the new mandate is? What the new? Uh, yeah, wipe, wipe their ass with it. <laughs> that's that's going to come later. But they well, they can't do that, though, because they know that the... The virus transmits through flatulence, too. That's another story <laughs> okay. that just, that's a real story, Jack. Did you know that? That's yes. a, unbelievable. No, but I still remember the one about semen, that it's transmitted yep. through semen. Yeah. Th- they said semen and flatulence, but that mask is going to protect you. So the, well, you know, all they have to do is tell people to wear a mask, you know, over their ass and they'll, they'll do that as well. Tooth and, and over their penis. As a matter of fact, Ryan, we need to start production on ass mask. Really, we got to stay ahead of the curve because that's going to be our ticket to to fortune. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, we'll have to create like a secret teachings mask, ass mask. I think about it. I, I mean, this is just off the top of my head here, but there's got to be, you know, how they put all the different logos and and different colors, and there's got to be some that would be appropriate for ass masks, you know, that would be very unique, Uh, maybe even the filtration system in an ass mask uh, could be, you know, a very scientific uh, advancement. Hey, it sounds funny, but it's not funny because this is like, this is what's happening now, Jack. (laughs) It's, It's not really a joke anymore. But what would if it was supposed to stop flatulence, would it be called a gas mask? Right. You know, I think um you could put just a little saying on on one of the masks would just say, ah, fresh air. Mm-hmm. We'll have a you whole know, line of whole line of these things. So yeah. here's what Come here, on, Ryan, where's your ad livability here? Come on, man. We need to we should be we should be rattling these off left and right, you know, puns and play on words here for ass masks. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking of that before the show tonight. But I was thinking about this. This is about as crazy as what you just said. California's governor, the office of the governor, is telling diners to wear masks in between bites. So when they go to a restaurant, to <laughs> take a bite, put the mask on, chew it up. That's right, uh, right from the governor's I mean, office. You know, the, the thing that blows my mind is that these 
people actually think of these things. I don't know if these are brought up in think tanks and they come up with these ludicrous ideas, but whoever thinks of them and then the fact that they actually present them. Right, uh, right, right. And that some people actually will abide by those rules, laws, statutes, uh, recommendations. Uh, That's even more preposterous, but um, it just goes to show you uh, that's why I say I have I have no level of confidence whatsoever in humanity for humanity to fight back or bounce back to this. It just uh, it's so so there, again, there aren't words to describe how ridiculous this is. And the fact that anyone would even say that in public is, you know, they should be shunned. Anybody that says that stuff, they should be completely ridiculed what and the, laughed at. The and go- yet they get away with it and people believe them. What, the governor? And, and people do what they're told. The governor for telling people to put the mask on while they chew. That is so not sanitary and impractical. I mean, can you imagine? Just sit, you're sitting down at a restaurant. Can you imagine that? Just sitting there, you got the mask on, you take it off, take a bite, put the mask back on, take a bite. Like your mouth gets dirty, you wipe it off with a napkin. Your your face mask now is just a napkin. It's so disgusting. Well, I think the next thing they'll come out and say is you just can't eat, don't eat. Don't because well, well Fauci already said don't shake while hands. While you're eating, that would be more logical to just say don't eat. Well, you know the Jews in Israel, the Jewish scientists in Israel, they created a mask that opens, so you wear it and you push a button and it opens, so you can take a bite and then it closes again. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, you had told me that before. Yeah, it's kind of like I did. I talked about that on the BDSM show, the cultural BDSM show I did. So there's that. Governor of California says you got to put that mask on while you eat. That guy looks like the Antichrist. If I had to cast someone for the Antichrist, that Governor Newsom. But here's another one, which is similar from from California. This is from Sky News. It's similar to what they're doing in California, but this is uh, from Sky News and according to the World Health Organization. It's interesting because the WHO, and reported on by Sky News, they're telling people, if you go out in the rain, bring a spare mask. Because if your mask gets wet from any moisture, you know, doing this all day, right, then it's useless and you need to replace it. All right, so that's what the WHO is saying, and that's reported on by Sky News. Then, get this. And they changed this article a couple times, so I had to go back and I had to really dig it up and find it. But there's a nurse, she's like 28 years old, she's in Texas, and she died. And they said she died of COVID-19. She's had this rough battle with it, right? Well, I was reading it this morning before it was changed, and I can't find the original article now. But she was wearing an N95 mask, all right? And this N95 mask, according to her colleagues when they were talking about, you know, how she protected herself and how she could have possibly gotten sick when she took all these precautions, her colleague said, well, she did wear the same N95 mask for months and never did anything. Like, she just took it off, left it, put it back on, took it off, left it, put it back on, took it off, left it, put it back on. And they're supposed to, even in the hospital, change those things out at the end of every shift. So even in the article, they're like, the woman got really sick and she died. And even if it was from, let's say, COVID, maybe it's because she was wearing the same filthy cloth for like two months, never cleaning it, never washing it. You're going to get some moisture and some bacteria. It's not going to be good. How how can a nurse do that and not think, maybe I should replace this mask? That's why I don't trust nurses. I don't care how many years no. you go to school. 
If you're 300 pounds and you're wearing the same mask every day, I'm taking no health advice from you. Right. Well, I bet she had really fresh breath, though. Probably. She was a yeah. young. She was a young lady. She's just a year younger than me. Right. You know. I mean, think about that. The only time I can relate to wearing a mask was when years ago when I used to go snow skiing, and uh, I would wear a bandana because it was cold outside, right? And I'd, I'd wear that, and I'd have my goggles on, and then the the bandana would, of course, that moisture would actually the bandana would get stiff as soon as you took it off because of the the heat was gone then from from your uh, breath and stuff. But yeah, I remember it used to get, and it would smell, you know, pretty bad. You have to wash it right away. Uh, but, um, you know, you're talking about lack of confidence in medical people. And I would add doctors to that as well as nurses. But uh, the thing that makes me scratch my head is uh, all of these athletic trainers that are working with these athletes, whether it be college athletes or professional athletes, and they're not bright enough to tell those athletes that they shouldn't be wearing a mask when they're exerting themselves because they're not going to get the proper amount of oxygen or even the coaching staff on the sidelines. They're dealing with the team doctors and the university health department is helping them to make sure that they're safe. And none of them have enough common sense to know that every one of those individuals wearing masks are, are putting their health at risk and, and at the bare minimum aren't getting enough proper oxygen. How does that work, Ryan? I don't know. You that. know, I go to the fitness club and the, um, you know, the trainers, the personal trainers, they're wearing masks. And sometimes they're allowing the, the, the client that they're working with to wear a mask as they're running the treadmill or You've exerting talked to them about themselves, that, right? doing exercises or lifting weights. Now, I thought these people were medically trained. You, t you talked to them about that at the health club, right? Oh, I've made... Uh, I've made uh, several efforts uh, over, since this all began, and I'm, I'm happy to say that several of them have been successful, and people have taken off their mask and not worn it anymore. But uh, I did not approach the, uh, the personal trainer because I thought they would probably uh, be supportive of the mask if they were wearing it. So I didn't want to you know, rock the boat on that front. But, uh, yeah, I've talked to quite a few people about wearing masks, and uh, some of them have listened, and uh, I feel good about that. And as a matter of fact, I can I can uh, make a suggestion for anyone who's been doing the same thing. I, I learned to do this, and I've done it the last two or three times when I've approached somebody wearing a mask to try to help educate them or or determine if the, if they even had any idea about the pros and cons of wearing a mask. But what I'll say is initially, um, you know, I'll ask them if, if they mind if I talk to them for a minute or ask them a question. And most of the time people say, sure, go ahead. And I start out by saying I'm a doctor and I blah, 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 blah. And uh, even though I do play a doctor on television, I'm not a real You're not doctor. not a real doctor, huh? But I have no problem, if you want to call that a lie, um, I have no problem doing that because it gives me instant credibility in the people then, in their most people's minds, and they're more apt to listen. So I think, uh, I think God will forgive me on that one. Kind of reminds me of how the National Basketball Association, they're all about getting out and playing, play basketball, and then they've got, like, athletes. Like, when I was living in Orlando, I remember Dwight Howard played for the Magic, and Dwight Howard would do the McDonald's commercials. So they're like, hey, get out there and play. Don't worry. Go down to McDonald's and have a Big Mac with Dwight Howard. So as long as you go out and play, as long as you go out and run around, that exercise will get rid of the poison that you're putting in your body. And that's one of the main reasons you're sick, not because someone's not wearing a mask. That's preposterous. 
There's going to be a lot more to come on the secret teachings tonight. Jack from the Messenger of Information. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Fringe FM. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. May I have the password, please? The Fringe FM. That's right, sir. That is the password. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info you could listen to this and that show is now running all day friday and all day saturday on history channel which is really amazing since i don't know if there's any other show on tv that's doing that right now so i hate this channel or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Are you ready to explore the unknown and The Secret Teachings? Do you have everything you need? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. SpongeBob sounds ready. Are you... So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils. 
from ritual magic to voodoo and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. What happens when you bring the Fringe FM together with the world's leading paranormal experts and influencers? What if no topic was off the table, including paranormal events, conspiracy theory, witchcraft, psychic abilities, astrology, ufology, and more? And what would happen if you broadcast this event in crystal clear video live around the world, allowing viewers to interact with their favorite presenters? You would have created the monster that is the Fringe Fest 2020. Two nights only, Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. Go to thefringefest.com for more info. Get your tickets today at thefringefest.com. That is thefringefest.com. Trick or truth, it's up to you. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back them. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it. Enlightening. You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions. And uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting. How do you think you would react if you knew the truth? The Fringe FM. Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. The music tonight by Carl Casey from White Bat Audio. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, our website www.thesecretteachings.info. And if you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. 
You can catch The Secret Teachings five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. You can visit thefringe.fm, the network website. Check out The Fringe FM app. You can even leave us messages there on The Fringe FM app. You can listen on TalkStream Live. You can listen on the Paranormal Radio app. Or check out our website for all the streams at thesecretteachings.info. Tonight we are talking with Jack from the Messenger of Information, Messenger of Information website, messengerof.info. That's Jack's website. Jack and I have been having a conversation tonight on a number of subjects. We were looking at plastic versus paper bags and how plastic is more efficient in production, resource extraction. It's softer on the environment. It is less weightful on the environment. There are other forms of plastic now that biodegrade that are better than even the biodegrading of paper, or at least close to them, close to them in the in, in the biodegrading department. But that doesn't mean that plastic is something that we should be throwing away and that we should be using in uh, an excess of. It doesn't mean that paper is this horrible thing, but paper takes more resources, more energy to produce, to ship. Kind of like electric cars, the resource extraction for electric cars is detrimental to the environment, and then you have to charge them with more electricity, which has to come from somewhere. Something has to burn, something has to be produced, electricity, in order to charge those things. So you might think paper bags, even cloth bags, which are potentially worse than even paper in terms of the production of cotton, if they're cotton, or at least, at the very least, worse than plastic with the production uh, of the cotton, well, you might think you're doing a good thing, but taking that cotton bag in your electric car to the grocery store and buying soy is not saving the planet. It's actually leading to more deforestation, more pollution, more so-called greenhouse gases, leading to more landfill, and it's leading to more environmental destruction overall than if you just ate meat, depending on how you get the meat. And if you just use a gasoline-powered car, depending on how you use that car, and if you just use maybe a plastic bag, depending on how you use that plastic bag. I say depending on how you do these things because it really ultimately comes down to how you as an individual decide to use those things. You can reuse a plastic bag over and over again in places where they banned them. They banned the plastic bags like here in New York. Plastic bags are still available for sale. In fact, garbage bags, plastic garbage bags, the sales are through the roof now because a lot of people reused plastic bags for garbage bags. So now you ban plastic bags at the store, but they're, people are just going to go buy them at another store rather than get them for free at a grocery store. Banning stuff doesn't work. You could ban meat. That's what a lot of politicians want to do. Get rid of meat. No more meat. You eat maggot ice cream and you eat cockroach sausages. Like These are real things. CNN's talked about them. You eat these things. Don't eat meat anymore. What's banning meat going to do? What's banning gasoline-powered cars like in California going to do? California, the same state where they're telling you now to put your mask on when you're eating, in between bites. It's not even insanity. We're talking about serious delusional psychosis of the governor of not just California but any state where that is a policy. Meanwhile, other states like Mississippi and Florida are opening things back up. No more mask mandate in Mississippi. You're very lucky there in Mississippi. I'd have a party if I were you. Florida, the same thing. 
And in some states, you don't even really feel the effects of it because you can go to some places, uh, parts of Arkansas, Joe Roop told me, mandates, but nobody's wearing a mask. Grocery stores, doesn't matter if you go to the gas station, police aren't even wearing masks. The mask has become this symbol of subjugation. It's a litmus test to determine who supports that totalitarian authority that you talked about, Jack. I think that's really what the mask now represents more than anything. It represents who kneels to the authority of the UN WHO global order, who kneels to the authority of anybody, of anything, of anyone, whether it's on a local or a state or an international level, who acquiesces and who doesn't. And then you're made to feel like you are stupid and you're made to feel like you're malicious and that you're trying to harm people if you simply say the evidence suggests that that mask doesn't do anything for you. In fact, the World Health Organization, in in a big published report, Jack, I wanted to mention this to you, a big report, the report is called pull this up, non-pharmaceutical public health measures for mitigating the risk and impact of epidemic and pandemic influenza. In the report, quote, no evidence that face masks are effective in reducing transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. They have virtually no effect at all. In fact, they went into the details and said even things like washing your hands didn't have much of an effect. So maybe we don't get sick from from the sources we think we get sick from. And maybe what they're testing for is not what we think they're testing for. You were going to talk mm-hmm. about the PCR tests. Tell us about that. I didn't know I was going to talk about that. But I was going to just mention the book, uh, What Really Makes You Ill, by uh, Don Lester and David Parker, because uh, they basically maintain uh, that there is absolutely no scientific evidence that prove that viruses or bacteria cause any disease. So... Um, the other thing too, Ryan was speaking of, uh, you know, wearing masks and plastic bags. I don't know if you saw the article about the governor in New Jersey who is recommending that people wear plastic bags over their heads instead of masks. I can't tell if you're being a smart ass at this point. <laughs> I, that sounds as ridiculous as what, as what governor Newsom said. Uh, hey, hey, they're suffocating humanity anyway, so they might as well tell people to wear plastic bags over their heads. Yeah, I, You know, that would really be, I think, an upgrade, don't you, Ryan? Because then not only could people not breathe at all, they would, therefore they would not be at risk or a risk to anyone else at all. But um, Because they're dead. You know, it would cover up their whole face because, you know, then— you know, there's too many ugly people on the face of the earth, so it is a good thing to wear masks because then that way at least all you can see is their eyes. But I think it would be an upgrade if they put a complete bag over their head. You know, and some people might be a two or three bagger, as they say. <laughs> well, you know what they do with plastic bags is, is you could come out with this study. Uh, new study says deceased people do not spread coronavirus, so kill yourself. And I bet you people would kill themselves. Yes. To save the planet. I mean, people have killed themselves to save the environment. You know, climate change is so bad, I have to kill myself. Professors at universities, one guy set himself on fire. One woman stabbed herself in the stomach multiple times because she said she couldn't stand to live in Donald Trump's America. I mean, people will do a lot of crazy stuff if they think that they're going to prove a point or they're saving the environment or something to that effect. It's kind of uh, ironic that um, that I told you a fake story 
but the lines are blurred so much between truth and even sarcasm now that it's so ludicrous out there that people couldn't even tell. You know, you couldn't even tell if I was being serious if someone proposed that. Yeah, well, I mean, just, just like, like we you're know, talking about, you know, removing your mask after every bite, you know, that you take or whatever. So that's how insane and crazy and it's just like with Fauci. Fauci said, don't ever shake hands again. That sounds like a spoof. Yeah. Don't ever have sex again. Or the C- the BBC report that came out, I don't know if I even sent you this one, but the BBC report that came out that said if you're going to have sex, do it in a way where you don't face each other because then you won't spread the virus. It literally said that, that on the BBC. Would, that would be good for um, the two baggers. Homosexual men, I think. It would be that good would for the, it'd be good for the two two three baggers too, right? If you didn't face one another, I think that would work for homosexual men. That's what they're telling us to do. Don't yeah. have sex. Don't shake hands. This is stuff that you've heard a thousand times as a listener, I'm sure. But, Jack, you do. I know you were talking about the PCR test. You sent me that link. What, what, what exactly was going on with, uh, uh, is it Carrie Mollis? Oh, I guess that was just a, a video that surfaced. Uh, it's actually on Messenger of Information, and it's it's. Uh, I don't know when it was recorded, but he was kind of on look like a little bit of a panel. There were three or four people sitting there, and it looks like there was a little audience, and they were fielding questions. Maybe it was a press conference. I'm not sure, but uh, he basically. Uh, let me see if I can pull up. Who who is that? Know. Who is that? Uh, Can you explain? Carrie Mullis is the biochemist that developed the PCR test. The PCR test is what's being used to test for COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, he won the Nobel Prize in, in chemistry in 1993. So he was the one that invented and developed the PCR test. And he was quoted as saying that it's not designed to uh, detect infectious diseases. He he was uh, reportedly had made that statement on numerous occasions. And um, I thought it was really good that there there was actually a video of him. Hold on just a second. I, I was just going to say here that he basically what he says, and and again you can pull up the the uh, the video and uh, listen to it for yourself. Um, you know, the New York Times reported as well that the way that they're conducting these these tests is that they're running the test. I'm not sure how the, the science of it works, if you will, but how they're running the test is they run it in a number of cycles. So they cycle right. to find out right. how much materials in the body. So a normal they amplify it. Correct. And a normal test is like 32, 35 cycles. But for covid, they're doing up to 50 cycles. Right. And uh um, bu- 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 and that's that's New York it, Times. It, that's that's in our archive at the secretteachings.info. New York Times reported that along with the CDC numbers about the six to ninety four percent that now, Jack, there are stories that are coming out from mainstream news. They're saying if you go read, it's like CNN said, if you read Hillary Clinton's emails, you're a criminal. But if we have them, that's news. And that's OK. That's journalism. Now they're saying you're a right wing extremist and a white supremacist. If you go read the CDC's website, those are mainline news articles. You're a white right. supremacist if you go read the CDC's website. Well, people can look up Carrie Mullis. It's K-A-R-Y, and the last name is M-M-U-L-L-I-S, the inventor of the PCR test. And uh, the PCR test cannot accurately test for infectious, infectious diseases. Tests cannot detect free infectious viruses. And in this video that has surfaced— uh, he says, um, 
that if with the PCR, if if you do it well, in other words, if you again they're able to amplify this stuff. So when they amplify the genetic material, I guess would be the best term. It's a, he says you can find almost anything in anybody. And then he he continues to talk, and, and there's a, a point where he says, it doesn't tell you that you're sick, the test. So I don't, I don't really think you need to know any more than that. Um, this no, is the doesn't. guy that invented the, the test. It, and, uh, it doesn't tell yeah. you that you're sick. And in fact, that's something I would like to talk about when we come back from break in relation to Donald Trump's COVID diagnosis and further yeah. in relationship to the result of that diagnosis, which was virtually nothing. But before we get into that subject in the final segment here, I have a story that I I did not mention on air. I've just been saving it. This is from the Washington Post. This got very little attention, but listen to this headline. This is an acknowledgement from the Centers for Disease Control, which I know makes me a white supremacist for reading it according to, like, you know, mainstream news. And Washington Post is mainstream news as well. CDC reverses itself and says guidelines it posted on coronavirus airborne transmission were wrong. So the CDC, this, is, this isn't the Washington Times, this is the Washington Post. CDC says that the guidelines it posted on the airborne transmission for the coronavirus were wrong. So they were wrong. But then they removed the statement, Jack, and they said, it was only there because of a quote, unquote, website error. <laughs> so they posted faulty science, pulled it, and said, actually, that was a website error. error. We're sorry. Right. So then they, they removed the scaffolding, and once they removed the scaffolding, you still get your, your six feet distancing, despite the fact that the CDC says, well, that's irrelevant and based on nothing, because it was wrong. There is no airborne transmission. They never proved that. In, in, in any of the initial studies, airborne transmission was never proved. It was assumed, and there's a massive difference. Well, and, and I'll come back to the fact that I, I guess it's, this is somewhat controversial, but generally speaking, it's known that viruses are, um, they, they do not move. Well, first of all, they're not a living, they're not, not a living organism. So they cannot travel and do not travel throughout the human body. So how could it be possible that it could leave the body if it can't even travel within the body and then, you know, be available out there airborne, you know, uh, supposedly six feet away where it could infect somebody. So the whole official narrative is complete BS for anyone that's paying attention. And you don't even have to dig deep to find this information. And this is this is also based on uh, a debatable theory that a virus is dead because there are many scientists who believe the opposite. They think that the virus is actually alive, depending on how you define life. So even if you were to base it on a, a, a faulty theory like that, maybe the theory that it's dead is inaccurate. Maybe it is alive. So maybe it does transmit, but maybe viruses don't cause disease. The thing is, science is supposed to be fluid, but they say it's so much like a dictum, like this is the authority, this is right. And then they come back and say, actually, uh, those were just um, assumptions we made. Uh, That was a website error. Uh, It's not airborne. So how do you 
figure out what's accurate, what's true. Right. And that's the point. None of it is. Nobody has any clue. It's about confusion. Right. And the point is, and, and this is intentional, they're trying to confuse all truth. They're trying to eliminate all truth, just like in the book 1984, basically. And what I've kind of observed is that people, um, everybody has their own truth and they just decide whatever in their mind is true and that and that in their mind is true and that's how they live and their that, lives. So and, and that becomes they reality. They look for facts and uh, of course it's becoming more and more difficult to find true facts. And again, I, I would recommend real quick, are we going to break here? Yeah, Jack. Yeah. Okay, so I would recommend that anybody that gets a chance go to Netflix and watch the documentary Social Dilemma. All right, Social Dilemma on Netflix. Yeah, it talks about that uh, amongst many other things. Excellent, excellent documentary. All right, I'm Ryan Gable. This is Jack from the Messenger of Information. We'll be right back on the Secret Teachings final segment on the Fringe FM. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Witches, warlocks, goblins, and ghouls. Join us for a two-day Halloween extravaganza featuring the biggest names in the paranormal universe. Friday, October the 30th and Saturday, October the 31st. Get your tickets before they sell out at thefringefest.com. That is thefringefest.com. Trick or truth, the choice is yours. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan... Email rdgable at yahoo.com. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books. www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Are you ready to explore the unknown and the secret teachings? Do you have everything you need? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. SpongeBob sounds ready. Are you? They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Power of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. 
Did you buy Alexa? No, I don't know why people would voluntarily bug your own house. Like, do you think you're the only one listening in on that? You never saw weird science, how creepy these nerds are? All these cameras on your phone? All of that. The people go on Ancestry.com. Why would you send your saliva into the internet? Why don't you just go to the Illuminati and help them build your robot replacement? Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Understand the procedure now? Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. If you're God and you made the whole universe, are you just going to sit back watching one planet? Maybe that's why the Earth is so fucked up. I don't think he's been watching us for the last couple thousand. When was the last time he reached out? When was the last time he went up, was in a burning bush going, hey, hey, you there, you there with the long curvy stick next to the sheep? I think he's been watching other Earths. I'm Ryan Gable of the Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. This is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, Why Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Hi, this is Andrew Kaufman, MD. I'm a natural healing consultant. Please contact me on my website at andrewkaufmanmd.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable.
you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're tuned into The Fringe FM. The Fringe.FM is the network website, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email to contact us social media facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings you can also find the fringe fm on facebook the fringe fm app talk stream live the paranormal radio app and check out the fringe fest two nights only october 30th and 31st we've got big speakers lined up like jordan maxwell Harold Kautz, who you've heard on this broadcast before, Linda Godfrey, Karen Dahlman, Clyde Lewis, and some others that are potentially going to be speaking. That's Fringe Fest 2020. And we're going to be giving away some tickets to Fringe Fest as well, right here on The Secret Teachings and on other shows on The Fringe FM. So stay tuned to The Fringe every night for free tickets, to win a couple of tickets. Otherwise, you can go to the website for the Fringe Fest and get your tickets then and there for those two nights at the end of October. Tonight, we're talking with Jack from the Messenger of Information website, messengerof.info. And Jack, I wanted to bring something to your attention. You saw that President Donald Trump last week was diagnosed with coronavirus, and then he gets out of the hospital this week. Let me ask you quickly, though, what were your thoughts on all of that? Did you have any thoughts, any feelings about the way in which the media portrayed that COVID diagnosis in terms of sickness and how it was handled? Because I have some thoughts I wanted to share with you. I haven't really followed the updates to it other than I did just see a a video clip of him, uh, I guess, walking out of the hospital or maybe he was getting on Air Force One or something and he had a mask on. He was just waving. But my initial impression was that uh, I want to see what unfolds because maybe it'll just fall to the wayside and it'll be a lot to do about nothing. But it also could be used uh, as far as their scheme or their plan, um, and they could take it a lot of different directions because the president has this dangerous virus. So, and it could certainly affect the election. It could affect uh, expediting the uh, use of the vaccine. Um, so, I'm just kind of sitting back and, and seeing what unfolds at this point. So my feeling was a little bit different only because I and I know you don't you don't either but I don't have any like feelings for Donald Trump or I don't like Joe Biden but I don't support political candidates maybe Dr. Ron Paul when he was a congressman and a few others like us uh, was a senator Cotton I like him too but very few of these people because of that word that you use all the time compromise people are compromised so when I heard that Trump was diagnosed, I thought immediately, oh, my God, there are going to be so many theories on why he's being taken to the hospital. And these theories ranged from on the liberal side, Trump was being taken to the hospital and he was pretending to have the virus because he wanted to avoid the next debate with Joe Biden. That's the liberal theory. All I hadn't right? heard that one. Well, that's that's the big one. That's the big one. If you look that up, you'll find it. He's trying to avoid the debate with Joe Biden. All right, so we've got the liberal theory. Now here's the conservative theory, or kind of like the fringe conservative theory. That's the fringe liberal. This is the fringe conservative theory. He's actually well, 
and he's going to a secret location because they're going to start mass arrests. All oh, right. okay. So that's finally going to start draining the swamp, huh? After that's four right. Years. That's I right. See. You got it. it. And you know why? It took them. It took them that long to really get to the bottom of it and you know figure out what's going on. I know they've re- arrested hundreds and hundreds and of uh, pedophiles and saved many, oh, many uh, victims and potential victims. But the sad part of it is, is that there. I know that there are people for sure that were happy to hear that uh, uh, Trump supposedly uh, contracted the virus. And they're literally happy because they want him to die, and they will, they will state that. I mean, you know how many people hate Trump. They either love him or hate him. I've never seen anything like that. Right, There's right. no middle ground with that guy. But, um, but yeah, they, they were like dancing in the streets hoping that he would die, and that just goes to show you how – decayed our society has become that they would wish that upon anyone totally demoralized um now that so what you just said there that's that's where i was going to actually go with this next so then you have people that were very excited that trump was sick right and so the media tried to portray this as look you made fun of you mocked you didn't support the health guidelines now look at you you're sick well, I don't really like yeah. I don't really like Donald Trump that much, but I liked how he handled this situation for for one reason, nothing to do with politics, but having everything to do with COVID-19. All the guy did was he sat there and he was like, "Yeah, I'm feeling all right. I got like a fever. I think I'm okay though. I'm going to do some work." And then the media is just attacking, 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 and then he leaves and he's like waving at people and they're like, "He's violating quarantine. He's going to get other people sick." And then by like uh Tuesday, he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And it was just total hysteria from both sides, and nothing happened except the guy got taken to the hospital because they ran some BS test on him, and the guy's totally fine. And that's it. And just all of that for an absolutely nothing. And it's okay. just, like, just like with the macrocosm of COVID globally. All of this for nothing. But I must say that another point that needs to come from this is for all of those people who have false hope— that Donald Trump is indeed the savior, he's draining the swamp, he's doing all these things behind the scenes, and that he is, they don't want to believe that he's all part of this cult, this cabal, this network, then you want to tell me why an average Joe like you or me or so many other people are aware of the complete deceit and lies about the, the test and this, this phantom virus and yet somehow that escapes the most intelligent man on the face of the earth, the leader of the free world. He somehow does not realize that the test is completely bogus and and does not even test for what it's supposed to test for. How does that happen, Ryan, if he's really working behind the scenes to bring down the cabal? Well, first of all, you got there's a big assumption there. Is he really working behind the scenes to bring down the cabal? That sounds like total nonsense. <laughs> but let's say that let's say that Trump was um, let's say that he was aware of some of those things. The, the argument against that would be, well, he can't do it because right. there are a lot of powerful forces. That, right. Right. Yeah, he can't really show his hand yet, and uh, he's getting. It, it's just total nonsense. Yeah. But but, uh, but but at the end, literally in this case, at the end of the day. 
Donald Trump said something that I thought was something that you would even agree with, Jack. He said, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. And that just like enraged the media because they're like, this guy's got it. He's going to die. And then he's just waving, probably got a blowjob from his hot wife, you know, ate some McDonald's, did some paperwork. And he's like, I'm totally fine. This is just ridiculous. And right. they don't know how to handle it. So now they're saying that there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other stuff out. Now they're just saying that he's downplaying it. So it's going to lead to more people dying. Do these people not have souls or consciousness at all? They just, whatever will get them what they want. They just rape and still and kill and lie and manipulate and deceive. It doesn't, they're the ones that are causing people to be sick mentally and physically. They're the ones that's causing death. They're the ones by promoting massive lockdowns and ending the industrialized world and just stripping apart and destroying families and masculinity and femininity and targeting children like that. That is some very sick stuff. And it's not just, ooh, the satanic left. It's both sides. It's but all you sides. See, you see, the, that's the one thing that I've observed about Trump is he, he, he's, he double talks. He speaks out of both sides of his mouth, which, of course, all politicians do. But he'll sit there and say, don't be afraid of COVID. Then why, why are you stooping down to wear the frickin mask to accommodate people? Then you should say, no, there's nothing to be afraid of. And I'm not going to wear a mask. I've done my homework, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he should be telling the American people and the world the truth about the, co about, you know, the official narrative that it's completely false, that the tests are completely uh, inaccurate, et cetera, et cetera. But he can't do that, Ryan, because if he did, blah, 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 blah. Would happen, right? So you see what I mean? <laughs> the next the next day or the next sentence out of his mouth, he would say something to contradict the fact that he just said, don't worry about it, don't be afraid, don't live your life in fear. You see what I'm saying? He does that. That's his pattern. He'll come out and say something, then he'll a day or two later, a month later, he'll say the exact opposite of what he had prior said previously. So that seems to be his shtick. That seems to be the role that he's playing, just to create division um, amongst the, the the masses. I I agree, but I disagree with the conclusion. I don't I don't think Trump is is the one causing the division. I mean, politically speaking, party party speaking, yeah. But what I think is the problem here is that anybody, for any reason, just because they have a political identification, they want to use something like a virus or whatever they're using to to create this um, to create this uh, uh, straw man of their opposition in order to tear them down. He's got the virus. See, it's your fault that you didn't follow the guidelines. Well, I'm okay. Well, so you're downplaying it now. It's like these people are sick. And then Joe Biden came out and he said, well, if Trump still got the virus, I'm not going to debate him because you have nothing to say. You got your ass beat in the last debate. So it's just a political thing, and that's what COVID has been used from uh, used for since the beginning. Listen to this story. Oh, go Can ahead. Can I go interject ahead. real quick about Joe Biden? Yeah, go ahead, and then I've got, uh, I want to comment you, on this. I had forgotten that he was from Delaware, and I was talking to our friend Jay Parker um, this week, and he told me that, and I wasn't aware of this, that Joe Biden is from Arden, Delaware, which is where— uh, Jay grew up and was, where the cult was you know, it's it's yeah it's a hotbed uh it's a town that's a hotbed for um the illuminati satanism etc and that's uh his uh home ground so he's he's already pretty much uh, known to be a pedophile 
And uh, that just reinforced in my mind, if he's from Arden, Delaware, then he's definitely part of this, this cult. Look at his eyes sometime, by the way. Did, did just you, dark, black, beady eyes. What's that tell you? He said something about these little girls dancing. Was it last night or the night before? About these uh, little girls that were dancing or something. And he was at an event and and they said, do you... I don't know if they asked him, do you like watch, watching the kids dance? Do you think it's whatever? And he said, well, I, I like them. I'll come back in four years. I'll like them even better, you know, when they're dancing. Like he says really creepy stuff like that. Or he'll make comments like, yeah, the only reason that you get to stay at home is because black people are stocking your store shelves. It's like, what, what the hell does that mean? He said that last night. What the hell does that mean? In the video clip that you sent me, it wasn't real, real clear. I couldn't hear exactly what he said uh, when he was making the speech to the military and they didn't get one of his jokes. Uh, yeah. what, what did he say? What was his quote there? Laugh at that, you dumb sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all started clapping after he told them that. Yeah. Or laughing or whatever. And that was like the, s- the same day they claimed that Trump said that, just like with that Ukrainian stuff. And I, I, again, it's like I don't like Trump, but th- this is just... Complete hysteria from politics well, to COVID-19 and everything in between. Just it's literal hysteria. No, no one who is in that hysterical state of mind can even if they wanted to think about what they're doing or what they're saying. It's just stimulated response that's artificial. Yeah. And blinded by hatred. And blinded by hatred. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I always talk about being blinded by bias, whether it be political bias or religious bias. Those are the two big ones. Um, but people are just, in that case, blinded by hatred. And, um, you know, I will say this one thing about Trump, which you alluded to, and you said, uh, aside from the political aspect of it, um, you don't feel that he's creating division. But if you listen to him consistently, which again, I, I don't give it a whole lot of time, but every time I listen to him, he, he always, always is political, highly political. He's always, no matter what he's talking about, no matter what the situation is, he's always referring to the liberals, the far left, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he does create a lot of political division. Political division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Political division. And then somehow other things get tied into that. And I was, I was talking about the other things like race because they ask him at the debate, hey, what do you think about the— uh, you know, you, you, you wanted to get rid of that police training for racial stuff. And he's like, it's racist because you're, t- you're teaching people that if you have white skin, you're a racist. That is racist. And they're like, oh, that creates division. That creates more racism. It's like, no, that program created racism because it teaches people that because the color of someone else's skin looks a certain way, is a certain way that they are inherently bad. And that is the foundation for the definition of the word racism. So I like that kind of stuff. Right. But... I mean, yeah, ultimately, there is an extreme left that's overpowering everything. The only thing that's going to stop that is either balance in the middle or the extreme right comes to power. And I don't want to live in either one of those environments. I don't want to live in the extreme right or the extreme left. I'd like to just live in a more, like, open and free society where I can take care of myself and I don't have to worry about being monitored because I don't have a a six feet of distance between me and the next person in the grocery store. And that's the kind of stuff that total authoritarian state is what you're going to get with an extremist right or an extremist left. And people act like, no, it's just the left did it. No, it's just the right. No, it's it's all anybody in power because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's the situation. That's the state of affairs. It doesn't matter if it's Trump or Biden. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter who, because if they don't have like 
a basic understanding of the way in which things are supposed to work based on the foundation of the republic in our country, then it doesn't matter what those founding documents say. It's the people that went crazy. You can't install a Supreme Court justice as president. Uh, yeah, you can. Section 2, Article 2 of the Constitution gives him the power to do that. And then they said that at the debate. Oh, 80% of Americans don't think you have that power. Well, 80% of Americans, Chris Wallace, are dumb. Then they don't know how to read. It doesn't matter what the percentage is of a mass mob of people that think something, because if they think something that's untrue, it doesn't make it more accurate or more true. I remind listeners that presidents are selected. They're not elected. And uh, that's very important to know. And I will also just throw in real quick that I picked up a, a little side work um, part-time job making calls and uh, conducting political surveys. And uh, without going into great detail, because I have quite a few different stories I could tell, I would just tell you that the comments of the people that I talk to, the, the people are completely delusional and I can't use any other word than stupid. Of the political bias? Of the uh, Yeah, the political bias, the comments that they make, the, the responses that they give, they are so biased, but generally speaking, they're so biased that they cannot look at politics objectively at all. And, I, and it's a sickness, and it's the, the system is designed that way. That's why there's only, a two, in essence, a two-party system. Uh, and people that will just vote a straight Republican or a straight Democrat ticket, I mean, it's, it's absolutely— If you vote a straight uh, Republican or straight Democratic ticket, you are brain dead. Yes, and they just hate the other side. They can't, they, you know, you could have Mother Teresa on the other side of the aisle, and uh, they would still rip her and uh, complain and, you know, badmouth her and certainly wouldn't vote for her. So um, it's a sickness. It's the whole system is corrupt. It's uh, it's certainly not the answer. And uh, well, there's a and then, and then the thing that they'll, you know, I mean, I, 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 I won't even go into it because I could talk about this for, for the rest of the show or more. But uh, it's just very discouraging uh, to hear firsthand how completely and these are people, you know, one of the demographic questions we ask at the end of the survey is, you know, your highest level of uh, education, formal education that you completed. Many of them are postgraduate, bachelor degrees, um, and they're completely clueless the as more, to what they're part of. The more education. objectively look at their their own mindset. It's because the more education they get in an institutional setting, the, the worse it's going to be for right. that bias because yeah. it's been yeah. really beaten into them for a longer period of time. But then you get the opposite, like people that don't go to school and they're like, well, look, I'm smarter because I don't go to school. Well, just because you didn't go to school and you weren't indoctrinated doesn't mean that you're intelligent. It might just mean that you're illiterate and you're really, really dumb and you're naive and you believe everything you read on the internet or everything David Wilcox says. It doesn't make you smart. You actually actually have to work towards intelligence, even if that means you're outside of the education system. Uh, apparently, the people that wrote this are not very intelligent. Listen to this one. New study. When COVID-19 super spreaders are talking, where you sit in the room matters. So now they're telling people, according to this study, when you're sitting in a room with someone and they're talking, get away from them. And we just read that story from Forbes magazine like a month ago. They said of all the languages, English spreads the coronavirus the fastest. So don't speak English. <laughs> Forbes magazine. 
don't speak English. It's just an attack on Western civilization is what it is. But using it... I hadn't heard that phrase. I I love these new inventions, the new creation of these new phrases and terms and words. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one, so I think I'm going to have to have a T-shirt made that says I'm a super spreader. Super spreader. Super spreaders, people that are talking, they say, spreads it. And wearing a mask when you have sex, and if you don't wear a mask, wear a plastic shield. All these things, including don't shake hands, and sperm transfers it, and flatulence flatulence transfers it and these are coming from like oh they're reputable sources of information all all the information that comes out even if it's like in line with what i've read about masks or about whatever we've done big shows on those uh to mask or not to mask and a couple of others cultural bdsm even if it's in line with what i kind of think i don't trust it as much as the studies that were conducted on masks before covid because there's less to no bias, at least on the subject of COVID, if there's a study conducted in 2019 on masks, as opposed to a study conducted in late 2020 on masks, which is almost guaranteed to say, well, they work, or they don't really work, but we recommend that you wear them anyway, which is what the WHO says. Hey, by the way, I was going to mention that. I'm going to backtrack for just a second. As far as Carrie Mullis, uh, the inventor of the PCR test that's being used uh, to detect COVID, yeah, um, he just happened to die, Ryan. I believe it was October of last year in 2019. Well, not a very old guy, and he just happened to die at the end of 2019. What a coincidence. What month, what month did he die? I think it was October. You, uh, you might be able to look it up. I on think Wikipedia. that was, that was like the, f- I wouldn't trust Wikipedia, but I'll try well, another right, source. Right. Look, right. Let's see. Carrie Mullis. But that, if he died around October, I think that's when they started the, um, he died in August of last year. August. So it wasn't okay, October. So that okay. was even before event 201. Right. Um, but uh, I just think that's kind of interesting. If you can find, okay, so wh- how old was he? 74, something like that? Let's see, I'll pull it back up again. Carrie Mollis. Carrie Mollis was born in 1944 and died in 2019. That would make him, what, 50, 70, uh, 75 years old? Yeah, so not not an old man. Not not, um, a, not a very old man. And so I think that would be convenient to have him out of the way because he had already been speaking about this, um, that that's not what it's designed to do. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, detect viruses. Right, right, and that's a good point, so because he, he said that before. if he was still alive, then he would be something that they would have to silence. That's right. He said that before this all started. So oh, yeah, just like of the, course. Just like right. the mask data, all the mask data, almost all of it that I've pulled is, well, all of it right. that I did pull was from before COVID-19. Right. I saw a report, uh, really well done report, and I, it seemed like they did one about every two years, if I'm remembering right. But there were about four, five or six, I'm thinking, that were done within, say, the last 10 to 12 years, somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh, they all came up with the same conclusion. And I would think, getting back to the uh, English spreading the virus uh, of all the languages, to me, I did my own uh, study on that, and I found that it was the German language that spread That's the virus pretty. more because of hockey, shaking, breaking, shaking, breaking, breaking, because they're spitting all the time, you know. You know what I said? I said so, that I said that on that show that I did. I talked about that, and I said I think like German and like Spanish and like Italian, they probably spread it more than English. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's spitting saliva everywhere. So, yeah, I th- I thought. Good thing you're wearing your plastic face shield, you know. English spreads it quicker though, because English is the target to be destroyed. I guess you know Western civilization of all kinds, even if even you know not necessarily even Europe, but we got to get rid of the United States because it's one of the only things that stands in the way of total global control. Got to get rid of the U.S. and take Russia back over, I guess. And the U the UN anniversaries uh, this month, Jack, seventy five years UN. So we celebrate. And what was that. that called before the UN? The League of Nations was yeah. that what it was called before they yeah. arranged the UN? Out of the roundtable groups with Cecil Rhodes, yep, it came out of the yeah. uh, World War One, and the U.S. didn't want any part in it, so they just later we have World War Two. They changed the name to the United Nations, and there you go. Then you got the right. Trilateral Commission in the seventies. You had the CFR right. before that, right? Um, Club Bilderberg of, Club of Rome in later. Four, I believe. Yeah, Bilderberg in the 50s, Club of Rome, they published their first paper in the 90, early 90s, and all about using environmental concerns to take control of the world, literally like some evil genius. All about using, uh, you know, women's rights and uh, black people in order to advance the deindustrializing, demoralization of, of, of the world. It's all in documentation. It's all in their stuff. If you want to see that UN report, by the way, I mentioned that is on the website at thesecretteachings.info. Non-pharmaceutical public health measures for mitigating the risk and impact of epidemic and pandemic influenza. That's on the website. Also, quickly, CNN is reporting the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. You mentioned Carrie Mollis. The Nobel Prize in Chemistry has been awarded to the scientists who discovered the CRISPR gene editing tool that enables them to, quote, rewrite the code of life. So CRISPR scientists got the Nobel Prize for tampering with nature. It's a great invention that Columbia University said created literally countless numbers of genetic mutations, but then they pulled that because biotech companies got really, really upset that someone dared to question their authority. I'm hey, Ryan, be- before we uh, run out of time here, can I plug a couple of things? Yeah, but you've got like 30 seconds, so you've got to go okay, quick. Okay, one I would say uh, visit uh, Dr. Andrew Kaufman's website and look into a new product he's introduced. Uh, it, I can't pronounce the name of it, but it's regarding trace minerals. I've ordered some, and I'm really looking forward to see if I notice an improvement uh, in my health. And then also I'm reading the book, uh, which was written in, I think 1995 called transformation of America by Kathy O'Brien and Good Mark book. Phillips. Good book. Uh, highly recommend that people read that book. It's, uh, 1995. If you go to, uh, if you go to Kathy O'Brien's website. So a very good investment there as well. Yeah, I've done a couple of shows on Kathy O'Brien. I'd like to have her on sometime. If somebody wants to reach out to her, I already did that, but I haven't got a response back. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Jack, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. And folks, remember, question everything all the time. TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. The Fringe.fm is the network website. Go to our website. You can subscribe to our archive today to get access to every show. You'll also get access to the montage archive and the digital books. If you want to buy a book separately, though, it supports the show, the network, and you. My books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, all at thesecretteachings.info. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. The music tonight by White Bat Audio and Secession Studios. 
right here on The Secret Teaching. Stay safe, stay informed. A best of tomorrow, Friday, right here on The Fringe FM, something it's likely you've never heard before, so don't go anywhere and don't miss it on The Fringe. Thank you.